Hello and welcome to Bottled Up. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome aboard. My name is Sunny and I'm joined by the incredible Himmel Pillay, who, as you'll hear over the next hour, is a motivational speaker, speaking to over 30,000 people with audiences across Australia and New Zealand. There may be some global audiences now with his new TikTok, so stay tuned for that one. But he describes his story growing up in a household with an alcoholic father, his transition into university and realizing that something just wasn't right, and the transformation towards a higher purpose. It's a story that you know resonates with me quite deeply, um, and I hope you guys really enjoy this one. It's packed with plenty of practical takeaways that I think can upgrade your perception of what's truly possible when you give it your all. Hope you guys enjoy. Kaboom, and we are live. Thanks so much for doing this, man. Himmel, mate, it's a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, man. Look, I've been waiting for this. Like, you guys are doing some amazing stuff. So I'm really excited to share my journey with all of you and uh, and the listeners as well. Dude, you're, you're one of the rare guys I've come across. I mean, you know, we've gone to the same uni. Um, and I, I guess, like, even me, like, getting to know you over the last couple of years, you're someone who's very inspirational at the same time with your story. And, and I mean that. Uh, I remember like we were um, sitting at a cafe uh, in 2017 and I think that was one of the first few times we like actually sat down and had a chat and you know as as everyone does you know what are your plans after uni like um, have you got your life sorted because I hadn't <laughs> um, and um, and you, you you just said straight up you're just like you know this this degree is a backup for me um, what I'm really passionate about is you know speaking to people and, and doing motivational speaking so yeah I, I really admire that about you. Oh, oh, thanks, man. I, I really do appreciate it. And, and you're right. Well, like, first of all, for the listeners out there, it actually didn't happen quite like that. We randomly <laughs> meet up in a cafe. What Sonny did was he slid into my DMs and he asked me to catch up. I was like, who is this guy and who does that? But the, um, the spontaneity of it, I, I, like, I, I really loved it. Um, but yeah, like as it, like it, st- it still stands now, man, like the degree was, it was always just going to be a backup that I knew that I never was really going to use. I said it was a backup, <laughs> but I, I knew like deep inside, like this is not something that I'm going to be utilizing. Like I utilize it to an extent, but I'm not going to chase like a corporate career or anything. Um, and I, and the reason why is because I feel like we're given a few skills like in this world, like we're all, we all have like our different talents and things that we're good at. And if we don't know what it is, then obviously we just got to spend time finding it. Um, but when we do find it and we spend time honing it and developing it, why on earth would you like let it go to waste by like not using it? You know what I mean? Absolutely. So yeah. And like, why not share it with people that, so they can benefit from it? So that was kind of my whole logic behind, you know, like speaking is something that I love, something that I really enjoy, something I'm good at. So I'm going to pursue that. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, that was poetic. <laughs> what you just said there. <laughs> well, we've got that oh, one please. on tape. There's, um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, so many people go through, go through life um, not really you know, knowing what their calling is. And you've been quite, quite lucky to figure out early on in your life that, you know, this is something you're passionate about. This is something you... Um, care deeply about and and um, you've obviously got a, such an incredible story behind that which I'm sure fuels you day in day out um, but yeah I think what's what's really admirable about you is that you have this very balanced perspective in life um, this idea that you know in in motivational speaking I, I can probably understand that you have to have so much energy coming to that room like inspiring a lot of people and um, 
you know, getting people hyped up, basically. I know you've got a DJ when, when you go around <laughs> to the different schools and, um, you know, you're, you're getting the good vibes going and things like that. But um, I know, you know, you shared with me quite early on that, you know, it wasn't always like that growing up, um, especially during high school and, um, you know, as you transition into uni. Um, do you want to maybe share with the audience, and I guess I'm still learning for the first time, you know, new aspects of your story as well, what that was kind of like and, and how you sort of, you know, got to where you are today? Yeah, man, um, absolutely. I mean, like, that's why I'm here, right? And I feel like the most powerful thing about stories is, is that everyone's got one. And although it may look like on the surface that everyone's got it together, it's, it's not always like that. Like, everyone's got their stuff that they're <laughs> going through. And, like, yeah, like, as you were saying, like, my situation wasn't always, like, as good as it looks right now. Um, like, even now I have my own challenges and everything, but when I was in high school, like, it was it was tough, man. Like it was probably the most difficult times because, um, so yeah, unfortunately I had to deal with an, an alcoholic father. Um, some of you listeners may know what, what that's like. Um, it's, it's not, it's not a great place to be in and being, um, like being a family of immigrants, although I was born here, my parents moved to Australia for a better life. Um, but unfortunately, like, although, you know, we had the safety, we've got the opportunity here, in Australia versus South Africa, um, you know, I just, it's like, it, it's, it's a tough thing. Like you thought, you thought your life would be a little bit better, but unfortunately it can take a drastic turn, um, sometimes for the better, but also in this case, it looked like when I was in high school, it was definitely for the worse. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess like no one really knows what's going on at home. Right. You, I guess you, everyone, everyone puts on this, this sort of mask, this sort of face when they go out and, um, you know, kaboom, yeah. everything's looking good. Um, everything's, everything's all Gucci and you never know what people are actually going through, you know, back at home. So what was it, what was it like, I guess, you know, having, having an alcoholic father, um, in that sense and sort of the, the ins and outs of, you know, what, what might be going on at home and, and how well, you felt. It was honestly time. like one of the hardest things that I had to experience. Like it was very challenging in the sense that um, I felt like I was the only one that was struggling. And so when you feel like you are the only one that's going through, you know, crap, then it's like, it, it's a very lonely experience. And it's, and it's, it's, an, it's an experience that can take you to a very, very dark place very quickly, which which I, which I ended up doing. Um, and like, obviously it's not the case. Like, like I said before, everyone's got their own issues, but when you're going in the middle of it, like when you're right in the middle of it and all the pain's happening, um, you know, everything's happening left, right and center. Um, like you have, you basically have tunnel vision. Like you can't see anything else. You don't have any fair perspective. So in essence, it felt highly unfair. Like why can't, why couldn't I just have a normal happy life where both my parents loved and cared for me um i would throw like a ball like in the backyard with my dad we play a bit of cricket maybe a bit of ball as well but instead like i had to throw a tennis ball against the wall you know because my dad was well you know wasn't there to throw it back or rather he was too drunk to throw it back passed out on the couch um yeah yeah and it was like it was almost like as if you know i had a lot of responsibility as well in high school like 
feeling like I had to grow up a lot earlier than everyone else because you know I had to look after my mom, had to try and protect her and be the man of the house, as well as be a role model to my to my brother at the age of like fourteen, like starting from then. But then I also had the expectation from my parents that you know, bro, you're brown, you're gonna smash your grades as well. Like you have to do really well in school. So I was yeah. like, man, I don't understand yeah. how I'm meant to manage all of this. So. Um, yeah, it was just, oh man, you know, when I think about it, it That's was just tough. like, I don't, I don't know how I made it through, honestly. And, and you said you were 14 when, when all that stuff yeah, was so happening? Yeah, like so it was, it was happening in the background, but I think I was just unaware of what, of what was going on. And I feel like, I feel like from memory, I feel like um, yeah, I could be wrong here, man. I feel like the trauma that was going through, I could, I probably couldn't even pinpoint exactly when it happened. But it was more like, I think it was when I was in year eight, all the, I started seeing all the major stuff happening. Um, like there was like, you know, like domestic verbal, like verbal and like physical abuse, like at home um, with mum and stuff. And like, like I felt, you know, quite guilty, like the whole thing. Like I felt like it was my fault because they moved, they moved to Australia for a better life. But it's like, because of me, they, they unfortunately have a life where they're, you know, they're struggling a lot. Um, you know, mom's, mom's never happy. She never smiled in high school, Sonny. Like it sucked, bro. Like mm-hmm. not seeing my mom smile, like throughout the whole of high school was probably the most heartbreaking and devastating thing. Like my mom meant the world to me and to see her cry, go through pain, having to deal with a husband like this is like, like I, I honestly felt like, you know, like my mom doesn't deserve this. Like she de- deserves so much better. Um, yeah. So yeah, like 14, everything, <laughs> everything was on my shoulders. <laughs> and and <laughs> you had the world on your shoulders. Yeah, at man. But but like the weight of the world. <laughs> Call me Atlas, bro. Call me Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, um, oh, man, there's so there's so much to unpack. Like, I mean, you know, having having the pressure of like being a mentor for for your younger brother, and at the same time being being that sort of support that link for your mum as well at the same time did you know how how was it like you know having all that weight on your shoulder of course you're you're going through high school you want to do your best as well obviously and and you've accomplished some amazing things at high school and, and to get into uni as well is such an incredible feat but it, oh, thanks, it like there's so there's so <laughs> there's so much it's almost like a yeah. romance yeah <laughs> i love you too man <laughs> i love you too man there's there's like um there's so much happening behind the scenes you know like is there any particular situations that you know you look back at and you're like, that sort that those sort of situations stuck with you, um, you know, growing up and and maybe any points where you know you were sort of getting into that tunnel vision that you yeah were man absolutely about. so it felt like like yeah like you're right like the the world was literally on my shoulders there was just like so many things to do and you know so many things to uphold right like I think I think what kind of like. Like, it's, like I, want, I want to start off by saying that when you're going through stuff, especially when you're a teenager and all the memories you tend to keep tend to be only the bad ones. Like, I, like if, if I remember th- like things that happened in high school, especially with like my family life, I literally 90% of the time can only remember bad things. Like there were so many bad events that happened that, you know, caused me to have this tunnel vision, you know, caused me to, you know, to, you know, pretty much do what I did, put my head into my books and, you know, focus on, you know, being the best version that I can be. But like there was, there was probably one in particular. Um, it happened, I think it was, I think it was a little bit later, like after, after a few major events. 
Um, this is probably the biggest one. I call it. I like to call it the five day binge. Now, I don't. I don't necessarily share this story like very often because it's 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 pretty heavy. Um, and like, I feel like like listeners, if you if you kind of want to you know take a deep breath here, then um, you are most welcome to. But this was a time when, for five days in a row, my dad was utterly and completely drunk. And it wasn't drunk in the sense that he was kind of passed out all the whole time. He was not only passed out, he was a little bit violent. He was also like verbally abusive. Um, and he like, like this is what I feel like, man, he was at that point in time, it was like the most intense and best guilt trip he ever gave me. Like it was, it was crazy. Cause like, yeah, I think this was when I was in year nine, year nine or year 10. I think, I, th- I think year nine actually. And it was, it was towards the, I think it was towards, I think July, August sort of time where, um, where this, this five day binge happened. And I remember like, I, I was, I was a focused student. Like I was like, if there's one thing that yeah. alcohol cannot get in the way of, it's my effort towards my education and studies. And yeah. like, yeah. Absolutely. And like, you know, like I had a choice, right. I could have very easily made the decision to go down the wrong path and, you know, go down to drugs, alcohol mm. and, and all those, all those other things that I knew wasn't going to give me the life that I wanted. Um, but instead, you know, I chose to channel all that negative energy into what I had control over, what, which was my, my studies and all that. And so like I was doing my thing, working hard and all that. And then I came home one day after school and I opened the door to my home and like this stench of alcohol just like filled my nostrils and I felt this heavy weight over me. And I was like, not again. I mean, come on. I mean, really? And I just had a, I just had a very bad feeling that this one wasn't going to be like all the other times. Um, something different. Yeah, there was it. definitely something different about it. It was a very heavy kind of um, aura in like around the whole house. Like even around the neighborhood, I just like, I just couldn't, like, well, the first day, well, I couldn't, I couldn't really think straight, but I like, I, I just put on a mask, man. I was like, no, nah, that's nah, all good. Um, like at home, obviously I wasn't the happiest to kind of just lock myself in my room, just try to do work. I only came out to eat, go back to my room, just do my work. Um, but then when I went to school, I was like, I, I put on the happy face, like, like mask. I would like pretend everything's all good. Everything's yeah, good. exactly, right? And like, you know, be the be the happy-go-lucky, the joyful, the, like, you know, I crack jokes, you know, and like hang out with all my friends. And then the second mm. day came and it was a little bit harder to do that at school. Then the third day came and it was much, much harder to do that at school. And then when the fourth day came on the five-day binge, all right, where my dad was just, you know, drunk and uh, as, as anything, it was... Like I couldn't hold to hold it together at school anymore. Uh, I couldn't hold it together at home. Mm. Couldn't focus. Couldn't do my work. And it was like I was highly disappointed in myself because on the fifth day, my dad came into my room and he pretty much gave me the story as to why he drank. It was like he, you know, he moved to Australia for a better life and yada yada yada. And once again, like hearing that you know he moved to moving to australia for a better life living pretty much a very what could have been a very highly in a successful career behind for both my mom and dad and then to move here to this country just for me it was like once again it felt like it was my fault and then at that point like yeah guilt man trip. guilt trip and then at that point mm. i felt stuck like everything was my fault and then the most disappointing thing was was that I let that moment take over my whole life and alcohol for the first time got in the way of my studies. 
I couldn't focus. I couldn't mm. do well in school. Mm. My grades started falling. My relationships started falling apart. It was, it was like straight the deepest depression I've ever felt. And like, I think for me, that was probably the, the biggest rock bottom. Um, and the interesting thing about that is, is that when you, when you hit that place, it's very easy to kind of want to, you know, just finish it all off. Mm. Did, did you feel almost as if, you know, your energy was completely zapped? Like a lack of motivation towards studies, the one thing you could and you were trying yeah. to control has suddenly, you're, you're suddenly like, I don't want to do this Exactly, anymore. man. And then, and then you question whether or not you'd be successful. You'll question whether or not, you know, everything will be all right in the end. You'll question whether or not, you know, like, am I going to be able to, you know, be the type of man of the house where my, my mom feels safe, where my brother feels like, you know, he's fine, it's all good. Um, I was questioning whether or not I had the capacity and the energy to uphold all those responsibilities. Um, and it, it honestly, it just, it just crushed me, man. And I felt like whenever it was, I felt like I was carrying like ankle weights, but ankle weights that were like super heavy and about school and all that. I think that mask, that happy go lucky mask that I wore at school with all my friends, I think it was just, it was just too much effort to smile anymore. Like there was no energy to smile. So it was just, I just, you know, I kind of just cut it all in, like shoved it all in and didn't didn't care anymore like if people are like asked what was going on just be like oh just you know stuff was going on I told a, few, a few people I told um which I thought would help helped maybe only a little bit but it was just it still felt like I was alone still felt like I was I was I was a person yeah. that was broken um and it was like man I'm, I was just like shit I, no better way to put it I was just shattered that's that's all it was yeah yeah you know, you know what they say? They say, like, you know, I can give you a glass of water and I can get you to hold that glass of water. And, you know, you can hold that glass of water, you know, you know put it, like, vertically out and you can hold that for, you know, a minute. You, know, you can hold it for five minutes, maybe ten minutes. But over time, your, your hand will get sore. Like, there's no other way of putting it. And when you're holding, when you're holding that glass out for, you know, a day, a week, and this mask, if this is going on for years... It's almost like those mini traumas yeah. bottling up yeah. within you. And d- did you did you feel did you feel that was the case happening? You know, like when you when you went to school, like I've had enough. Like I, I can't be putting on this mask anymore. Like, um, did you have friends that checked in on you and, and realized that something was? Off? I think I, I think that analogy fits like perfectly, bro. Like hundred percent. Like it just felt like um, all these little events, all these you know little little, little traumatic experiences, kind of like just piled up, and then. Like at some point, like you were saying, like that glass just ends up being way too heavy to carry. And then you just, then it just kind of just falls apart. Like it just ends up, it just ends up, you, know, you end up dropping the weight and then you, you kind of just shatter. And um, like my friends, like they were supportive and everything. But I suppose when you're, when you're just a friend, the, the only thing you can do is just basically just listen support, be there, um, be, be there to support that person. I feel like at that point in time, that's, that's probably what they need the most rather than advice. So I think like, I think mm. that's what my, that's what a lot of my friends did like very well. They just, they just were there mm. to kind of listen. And even if I didn't want to talk really, they would just, they would just ask me, Hey, like you're all right. And I'd, yeah, I'd just say like, yeah, I'm good <laughs> as usually, as anyone would usually say. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, and being the father figure of the house, 
And we're, we're talking today on no, I know, Father's right? Day, which is... <laughs> Funny that. You know what? So, <laughs> I actually, like before, before we actually started recording this, bro, I wish my, I wish my mom Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even joking. Like, yeah. I actually wish it. And she's like, yeah, ha, ha, yeah. very funny. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, well, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, you did it. You, you, played, you played both roles Is to it? the best of your ability, both mom and dad. That, I mean, there's no yeah. other way of putting that. It's um, like when someone, when someone fills in both yeah. shoes, um, you know, it's, it's a special feeling. And I think at the same time, um, yeah, I, I, can, I can imagine, you know, being the father figure and especially looking after your younger brother growing up. I, I know there's probably a lot of people out here listening who probably have younger siblings and maybe not the best environment at home. Um, you know, sort of navigating that. Did you did you find did you find some strength in in being that role model in the house? Uh, absolutely. Like it's like this is the amazing thing about responsibility. It's like even though you don't want to do something, you kind of don't really have a choice. because um, if you don't do it then everything that you've worked for so far falls apart. Um, and then also like, like I love my family, right? Like as much as my, like even my dad, man, like as much as everything that happened, I still, I still love the guy. Like I remember when I was like very small, when I was a kid, my dad used to bring me, um, like a matchbox car pretty much every single day. Like when he, when he came back from work, like it was the most amazing thing, man. Like I loved my dad. I love my brother. I love my mom. And I think like, because I love them so much, I just wanted to give them like a happy life. So I think that desire to kind of do my best and make them proud and, you know, um, it, it did give me motivation and drive to, you know, keep going and not give up. And like, it, it, even in the darkest times, man, it's like, like, like when, especially after that five day binge, when, when that happened um, and like I hit my literally the lowest point, like as far as I could go, um, there's, there's two ways you can go. You can end it all, but, you know, like you can look up because when you're so far down, the only way is up. So I just kind of just held on to that, like, ideal and, you know, pull myself out of the rut, out of the ditch, you know, out of that deep, dark hole that I was, like, so far into. I just, you know, decided to lift myself up and try and see what I, what I could make of myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you went through high school, you know, do you want to maybe talk through, you know, what it was like, you know, as you started channeling your energy towards studies and, and finding, I guess, this sense of purpose, this sense of passion? Um, because, you know, as you mentioned, like the one thing it can't influence or can't impact yeah. is going to be my education because that's going to be at the forefront. What was it like, you know, going through high school and I guess probably transitioning into you yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. when we met? And, 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 and this is, I guess, like a very timely reminder that you know when we meet people at different stages in life you just don't know the journey they've gone on to be there and you could have two you could have two completely different people in the same room and you know they might be in the same degree the same building but they've taken two completely different routes like after like i started seeing psychologists and like counselors when i was in like in year nine um, and that started, that kind of like managed all the symptoms. So I started, you know, managing my mental state a little mm. bit better. Like I could talk to a professional about it and they could help me out a little bit. So while that was happening, I was, I started gaining a little, a little bit more control of my life um, and my responsibilities. I, um, I, you know, started challenging once again towards my studies and I was like, let's see like how hard I can work and push, you know, to, to achieve. And I feel like, 
the one thing that frustrated me was that people thought and would think that I was like like a student that was intelligent um, or like I was like naturally smart. That's, that was never the case. Like I just worked ridiculously hard to a point where I feel like some people would think it's a little bit stupid and a little bit excessive. Like, because I was surrounded by people that were that were driven, that wanted to be successful. I feel like that highly influenced me as well. Like I feel like, like right. the reason why like I chose the chose the better path, you know, of trying to be successful, doing really well, working really hard, was because was largely because of the people that I was surrounded with. Right, I wasn't surrounded by people that did drugs, alcohol, right, and like smoked and all that. I wasn't surrounded by those type of people. There were those type those type of people were in my school, right, and I had I had every right to hang around them. But instead, I was stuck with this other bunch that were incredibly driven. So, like that drove me to do really well in year ten. Um, I managed to, like, I managed to like achieve. I think, like, this was it's it's, it's a small it, in in the whole like in like the whole things like of like the repertoire of the things that I have achieved and accomplished. This seems like probably one of the really small ones, but it was the most significant because it's the first time that the universe told me that no matter what you've been through, Himmel, you can still be successful and you don't have to be like successful in the average sense. You could be phenomenal. Um, and I'm actually looking at it right now. Um, it's, I got like in year 10, I got the most outstanding student where you get nominated for like, you know, academic achievement, sporting achievement as well. Um, and it's presented to one male and one female in the, in the year level. And I feel like when I got that, I was so surprised because my best mate got it for like the past three years. And I was like, oh man, it's going to be him again. So when I was like up on stage um, with all the other like, uh, like people that were nominated for academic excellence and all that, I felt like, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, okay, cool. My mate's gonna get it again. So I shouldn't even expect anything. And then when they announced my name for most outstanding male student, my jaw just dropped because it was like, <laughs> what the hell? I know because I was like, man. And then that, it just goes to show. And I just feel I filled up with so much confidence and so much gratitude that, like, it's like, man, all those years that I went through so much crap. And all those years where it was just so much pain, but I still studied. Like I still wake up in the morning, I still studied. Still stayed up late, I still studied. Like it was like all those years where I did absolutely everything to give, my chance, to give myself the best chance at being successful. In that moment, it felt like it was all worth it. Like it all just came together. And it, was in, in what, it, didn't, it didn't come together immediately. It was years of effort. Like, yep. and I feel like today what Absolutely. happens is, is that we just give up too easily. Like it, we expect results straight away and that's not the case. Like it takes, it takes time. It takes energy. It takes consistent hard work and focus to achieve something, especially big. Um, and all you got to do is you just got to, you just got to put your head down and work for it. Right. And, and, and do you think it was being able to talk about things and, you know, in a, in a highly, you know, I guess this environment that there's no judgment, there's no sense of, um, bias. It's, it's complete just thought and discussion. And when you started asking those sort of deeper questions and introspecting in that sense, is that when, you know, you started realizing things for the betterment of yourself? Should, should I talk about my, like what happened, like after the whole, like, you know, most outstanding student going to like, you know, like year 12 and all that in university? Absolutely, yeah. Like you know, how how 
you sort of transformed and, and the cog started shifting towards a better you. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely, take take the floor. <laughs> but like, I feel like to explain this point, I feel like I have to kind of explain the rest of the journey that happened after the U10. So in year 11, it was like, it was leadership camps after, like one after the other. In fact, from year, from year nine, it was leadership camps one after the other. I think I ended up attending like 16 different personal development days, leadership camps, public speaking events. Like it was like, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot to take on. And then like in year, like in year 12, I managed to get, you know, school captain. Um, I managed to get like an ATAR above 90. And then like I got into Melbourne university, <laughs> mm. right? Like, and then like I was doing commerce there, like it was, I was high flying, almost pretty much arrogantly, right? Like I had, you know, like I had school captain on my belt, I had a really good ATAR, I was in, you know, like an exceptional university. Um, and at that point, it was like, although everything was going really well, and I think this is, addresses a point that you were mentioning earlier, Sunny, how like when you get to that point, like when I hit university, I, um, I just ended up being, like it was all, all of a sudden it was just like I was nothing special anymore. And, and so what, what was that like, you know, when you, when you started, I guess it comes back to that analogy of like a, a small fish in a big pond and a, and a big fish in a small pond, like for your own sort of mental health and, and for what you were sort of transitioning towards, what was that like, you know, when you started being around other people and you were like this, this identity that you held, which yeah. was, you know, I've, I've gone through so much and, you know, I'm starting to become successful. Yeah. And, and, and now, you know, you're, you're looking forward like onwards and upwards, but then, you know, you're back into this environment and you're like, okay, what's the, what's the point of all this again? Yeah, man, it was, it was, it was really tough because it's like, like it was like all that effort. It felt like for a moment, it was like for nothing, you know, like it's like, no, you see, this is the thing. Like you wear a mask of like, like I wore a mask of achievement like like doing really well and it did serve me it served me really well in high school um but then there was a point where i was like man i, I can't keep this up and it's like it was kind of shattering it was like a lot of effort to kind of keep it up and as much as achievements can kind of affirm to you that you know you're successful you can do really well deep down inside we haven't dealt with all the things that are going on those achievements mean nothing like you get, like of, like, of course you get a hit from it. Like you feel, you know, you feel great. Like, oh yeah, you know, I got school captain. Or like, you know, I've got an A on my test. Or I've got a B on my test. I never got a B before. I kept on getting C's for so long. Um, and like, yeah, like those feel good for a moment. But if you don't deal with the cause, with the underlying things that are going on, you're just going to be, you're literally operating out of, out of a place of emptiness rather than fulfillment and feeling Absolutely. like you're full and feel like you want to give back. And Absolutely. I feel like, uh, yeah, another one of the big like turning points, especially when I was in university, was that this is when I started doing all my speaking, when I started, you know, um, getting into seminars and all that. And I only delivered one seminar that year, largely because I was going through my own mental health issues. I, and f- so I found out at first year uni that I had low-level depression, um, di- diagnosed and everything. Um, but it turns out I, wasn't actually, I didn't actually recover from depression at all in high school. It was like, mm. it was always there. Like, and I only realized that that, you know, when I wake, when I woke up in the morning, I had a pain in my chest and I was like, I don't understand. Yeah. You know, like, like, I, like, like this heaviness. Yeah. It was like a heaviness. And like, I, I would question, mm-hmm. oh man, I, like, 
I don't know, I, I didn't want to wake up. Like, I was like, you know, why did I wake up today? I wish I didn't. Like, I thought all those things were normal and those are, those are you know, feelings and emotions that normal people had, but it turns out, nah, bro, like, you are, you are 110% depressed. How did that not give you an indication that you were, man? You know, yeah. like, <laughs> um, like, it's clear as day, bro. Like, something's going on. Like, something's wrong. Um, right. Yeah, and... How'd you, how'd you unpack that? Like, how'd you start coming to terms with, you know, dealing with that? It was, it was because, like, I found that, you know, when I, when I was speaking about my story, especially, like, in front of, like, high school students and all that, and when I wanted to share, I would shake and I wouldn't be able to express myself properly. Even when I was, like, you know, hanging around other people at university, I couldn't, like, I was just, I was very disingenuous. I was, I was someone that was wearing a mask and I didn't know who I was, didn't know what my emotions were, um, didn't know how to necessarily connect with people really well. Like I could, but it was always like, for some reason, like all my relationships were just full apart. Like it was just, like it was highly toxic, you know, like friends or otherwise. Um, it was just, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that great at all. And um, what, what did change was when I got diagnosed, I started seeing another psychologist again. And, right. but then this time I started seeing Ayush as well. Um, and what Ayush did was, was that like he had the ability to kind of pick up what I was saying and introspect for me and find out why I was feeling like this, how I can make it feel better. Um, and mind you, it was, I was highly, 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 highly um, suspicious. Like it was super mm. sus. Like, and I was super skeptical as well. Cause you know, one, yeah. one thing, like not a counselor, not a psychologist, but mm. in a way a holistic counselor, healer. Yeah. And just someone that was listening. It was, it was a lot of talking and introspective capacity while, whilst you know, me doing my own exercises, my own thoughts, um, my own thought patterns, how I, like how I came to believe this. What are the actual good things that can actually come out of you know, like out of all the things that have that have happened to me? Not only like achievement wise, but also emotionally and you know, as a as a person that's driven and all that. And all these things started coming up, and I couldn't honestly be any more grateful for Ayush. I mean, I still seek help from him today, like advice. Like I feel like everyone should have a mentor in their life. Like everyone should have someone that's. Like a mentor is someone that's older than you that also has your best interest at, at heart as well. Um, and whatever advice and whatever pointers that they're going to give you, um, they'll always, they're not going to tell you exactly what you want to hear, by the way, right? But they have your best interest at heart. So they're going to mm-hmm. tell you what you need to hear and what you need to do rather than what you want. Mm. Yeah. And, and for context, for context for the listeners, uh, who, who was Ayush? Was he, was he part of an organization or... Was he just someone you looked up to as a mentor and he sort of filled that, filled that gap that maybe, you know, dad didn't when you were growing up? Yeah. So, like, he was, so he was also part of Chimai Mission as well. Um, but I, I, I kind of knew him then. I didn't, I didn't, like, I didn't know what he did or what happened or anything. But um, it was actually my director, Darren, that actually got me in touch with him. He's like, oh, you should, you should go see Ayush. Like, he's doing some cool stuff now. Like, Ayush was a guy, he was a finance guy to all of a sudden being this spiritual guidance counselor thing is like mm. mind-blowing. He pretty much became hippie. We, we joke about it all the time. Yeah. Like he started yeah. wearing like floral <laughs> shirts and all that. You're like, bro, what's going on? Um, it, it was... Uh, that's very flamboyant. Yeah, exactly. It was interesting. Um, but it's yeah. like, it's incredible how like you're... Like when you go through really significant changes in your life, your whole personality, the clothes you wear, how you speak, um, mm. all these things can like change. And even I guess, um, you know, we, we talk about psychologists and, and obviously they, they didn't work out for you, but... You know, taking a step back, is it is it maybe 
this sense of connection just to someone who can listen and, and be able to understand things because I know I know for a fact like um, I guess yeah psychologists have helped a lot of other close friends of mine and, and, and they've been incredible and I know and it, and it really comes down to that piece about connection like someone who's someone who's able to share your story share that understanding and be able to understand those things that maybe you're, you're not able to pick up for yourself um, and I guess Ayush as a mentor was that for you yeah, man, like absolutely. Like I've, I've got to say like connection is a really big thing. Like you've got to find out what works for you, man. Like, you know, like Western psychology, it helped me a little bit, but it didn't help me a lot. Whereas Eastern psychology and like, you know, Vedanta, the, you know, the science of life, um, you know, Ayush, like, and like, you know, personal development, that kind of helped me on, on my end, it helped me kind of like heal, recover and help me become the person I am today. Not that the psychologist didn't, I think I just felt like personal development and all that did a better job for me. Like notice that I say it was for me. What's good for me and what's going to help me heal and help me become better is not necessarily going to be the same for you or like someone else exactly. or like one of the other listeners that are listening. Like you got to, and a really important thing to, to do is, is do your research as to who it is that you're seeing, their experience, do they specialize in the area that you're struggling with? Is it like, do they, do they, do they specialize in domestic violence? Do they specialize in alcoholism? Do they specialize in, um, you know, like bad habits and addictions? Like, do they, do they specialize in those things? Um, or like, you know, traumatic events, like sexual abuse and stuff like that. Like, do they, do they specialize in that? And then like, you know, do your research, um, you know, find out what works for you and then don't be afraid to say, Hey, look, I really appreciate the session with you, but I feel like, you know, I need, like, I need to, I need to find someone else. Absolutely. Like, don't be afraid to do that. Cause I feel like you're, you're only like from memory. I feel like you're only given, you're only given like 10 sessions, right? They've, um, they've bumped it up to 20, I think now. 20, they've given it 20. Extra, yeah. Extra yeah, yeah. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So don't 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 like don't waste your twenty sessions on the same person because you know um, just because you feel bad about leaving them or like you know. Um, but then, like as much as I say that, I also say you know give them enough time. You're not going to connect with someone within the first hour of having a conversation mm. with them. You can, mm. you you can obviously of course, but it's not going to always work like that for everyone. Absolutely. So I feel like finding out you know what works for you, whether it is Western or Eastern medicine. Um, psychology, philosophy, spirituality, um, like you, you, you find out what works for you um, and then, you know, and then start searching, start, you know, seeking help. Like what got me to seek help? Like, you know, like being, being, a, being a man, right? Like being, being a boy, I should rather say. Um, or like, you know, it was like, like there's always this, this, um, this calling that, you know, my, my problems are my problems. I should, sol- I should solve them on my own. And for so long I did that, right? Like I had, I took up the identity of being the man of the house, like when I was in high school. And so I was like, you know, I don't need any help from anyone else. My problems are my problems. I'm going to deal with them. So for so long, for many years, I felt very deep in the gutter. And what got me to start seeking help and seeking psychologists, especially like in university, was that I was, one, one I was mind my language, pissed off that, you know, I was feeling negative again and quite depressed all over again. Like it was always there, but it came, it came to the surface again in university. And I was like, I was really annoyed at the fact that I had to feel this way again. But then I was like, I'm sick and tired of feeling like this. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get rid of it now. And if that means seeking help, if seeking help means that I'm going to stop this feeling, stop feeling negative faster, then I'm going to do that. 
it was like, man, I'm just sick and tired of feeling like this, so I'm going to go seek help. And that's, that's what started, you know, um, me on my mental health journey to recovery. Absolutely. There's a really powerful message because even, you know, even, even like taking a broader, broader look at that and it's like, this becomes, you know, more, more of an important theme, especially during, you know, are you okay week, which is coming up this week. Um, I guess when this gets released, it'll probably be a couple of, couple of weeks after, but, um, it, it's a, it's a timely reminder that, you know, people, people don't know who you are and you, you sharing your message out to them. Everyone has a deepest desire to help you. You know, like there's this, there's this kind of strong notion that you have to get help right away. Like it's like, but that's, that's not the case. Like you are, you are allowed to take your time and you can take as much time as you need. Right. But all I will say to that is, you know, the earlier, the better, but you know what, you know, take your time. Um, and if you, if you have the capacity, confide in, you know, people that, you know, that you feel really close to confide in your friends. Um, they can give you the support and the outlet for the meantime until you're ready to, you know, go seek a bit of, um, professional help. Um, and alternatively, like one of the big things, one of the big things that I did, you know, while I was seeing like, um, like Ayush and stuff was I would introspect, like I would write all my emotions down straight away. And what, what that, what that would do was it allowed me to separate myself from my emotions and realize, you know what, these are, these are just emotions that I'm feeling. That's all it is, right? I can still stand, stand apart from it. And what really did help was when you write it down, especially you know, like write it down physically pen to paper, it's like you can separate yourself from your emotions, look at it, understand it, mm. see why you're feeling like this. And also mind you, when you're writing it down, be very specific as to what type of emotion <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that does help as well. And then, and then when you, then when you close the book, it's like, yo, you can like, you can just put it aside for the meantime. And then it's not, it's not part of me. Anymore. Exactly. And like, you know, just put it aside yeah. for, for the meantime and then not deal with it. And if you want to deal with it, you can look at it later. Right. And I've got, man, I've got books and books and books of like, um, of, uh, of exercise books where I've just introspected like, and like, so I've, I remember when we were moving house, I like, I was, I was questioning whether or not I should take him with me. Cause there were like, mm. there were like 12 different like exercise books that I've just have all my notes and literally my deep, deepest, darkest thoughts <laughs> and fears and all, all written in there. And I was like, mm. nah, man, this is history, bro. This is stuff like, you know, yeah. um, that this is the, all the things that built me. And I remember, you know, just reading through it and I was like, man, the person that I am today compared to the person that was writing this, like, wow, just look at what's happened to me. Um, as a result of like my own maturity, growth and, you know, and um, yeah, and like journey through life. Like it's, mm. it's kind of nice to look back on it and be like, man, I've come so far. Um, so I, I hope, you know, the listeners have that type of experience as well. So I highly strongly recommend, you know, journaling, introspecting. Um, it's a really great thing to do. I, I 100% echo that because when you look back at it, and, yeah. and the, the best feeling is looking back at it. Oh, like, you know, dude. it might be shoved in a drawer that you, know, yeah. you didn't even know that existed in your room. Yeah, dude. I was and, like, man, uh, I didn't know I went through this many books. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, and like on that as well, like what happens is, is that very often we don't want to write it down. We don't want to see someone because we're highly fearful of what other people might think of us. Um, and I feel like, like fear is going to be there. Fear is going to, like, it's going to get you in the way of, you know, reaching your potential and, you know, seeking help and all this and all that. It's going to naturally be there. So rather than trying to wait until that fear subsides, do it anyway. Like, you know, like seek help anyway, um, in spite of your fear, and then, you know, then see what happens. 
It may take you one, two, three, four, five, six different times, but you'll get used to doing things anyway, even though you're afraid and you're scared. You, you, you just get used to it. And then, and then yeah, like, like fear is something that holds you back, right? It holds you back from reaching your potential and, you know, and then healing and feeling really good about yourself. But, you know, everything you want is on the other side of fear. Absolutely. It's such a, it's, it's something we just hear so much of. Like, it, it's very cliche. But I remember, I think it was one of our last guests, Sean Bell, and, and he was sharing how, you know, just do something that makes you uncomfortable each day yeah. or something that makes you step outside your comfort zone, which is exactly, exactly this point, which is like, you know, you don't, ha- you don't have to build a coliseum in one day. You don't exactly. have to do all these things in yeah. one day. But if you can just do something, just this one tiny bit yeah, that steps you outside of your comfort zone, that can go a long way. Yeah. Um, and is, is this something, I guess, you know, you're doing a lot of motivational speaking right now. You're, you're speaking to, you know, tens and thousands of students potentially you know yeah you know what where where's life at at the moment for you like you know obviously this year has been a complete shambles yeah with um with um going to schools and things like that but yeah yeah, where are you at at the moment with life so like i've been like as you were saying like i've been so i've been working as a motivational speaker since first year uni more so second year uni so it's been i think it's been like what four years now yeah four years in total this is the fifth year um and man it's been an incredible journey like like I've spoken to, um, you know, like thousands of people every year, like predominantly students, um, and it's been it's an it's been an incredible journey, and I just love being on stage. It's like it's such a fulfilling experience, like knowing that you know to some extent someone's life might have been changed. Um, you never really know because you know as much as as much as like you know it's awesome being like a speaker and all that, and you know sharing your ideas and thoughts and you know helping people. Um, we very rarely get the like we very rarely have someone come up to us. And then say, oh, you know, like that was, you changed my life or something. Mm. It's, it's very mm. rare that we hear that. Mm. Um, I remember my director was saying that he shared an experience where some guy sent him an email 10 years later after a seminar no. where his life was changed because of that one moment. And I'm like, man, I'm not going to yeah. wait 10 years to hear this. Oh, man. Like, and the thing is, you may not hear about it, but bro, you, you three boys are going to be, um, yeah, you're going to be making waves. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I, and I guess like hope, hope is the only thing that sort of pushes us through because it's like there's, there's, a, there's a sort of quote I really like, which is like if you can't control your environment, if you, if you can't control your situation, and I see it in your story as well, which is you know, if you can't control the family you've been raised in, the environment you've been surrounded in, the one thing you can control is your attitude and, and your action towards that. And yeah. for us, it's, it's about raising a voice and, and, and getting that awareness out there about men's mental health. And for you, it's, it's pushing through that pain and realizing that there's, you know, there's a lot waiting on the other end. Oh, dude, 100%. Like, like you, don't, you don't choose your parents. You don't choose where you were born. You don't necessarily choose what school you go to. Like, these aren't things that you have control over to some extent. But like, so, so like your wound may not be your fault. Like I think E.T. said this. He's like, your wound may not be your fault but it is 110% your responsibility to do something about it. Because if you don't, then the life that you want with the the house, the cars, the beautiful relationship, the happiness, right? All that's not going to come to you if you go down the wrong path and you don't spend the time and energy and effort healing your wound. Like it's all up to the choices that you make. Like, and I think the one thing that kind of got me through and and like the one thing I live by now is, is that you have everything you need already inside you. You just got to look at it, uncover search find discover and it'll come into fruition right in front of your eyes 
poetic. I can, I can just sense that, that motivational speaker coming out. Oh, man, dude, <laughs> you, you, you just wait, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess on, on a lighter note, I guess a lot of people are very um, you know, interested to hear, you know, how's that relationship like with your dad? Yeah, um, it's, I would say, oh, dude, it's been, it's so much better than what, what it obviously was. I mean, my dad's been, I think, eight, nine years or maybe almost 10 years sober. Like the man, mm. no, no, sorry, not 10, can't be 10. I think it's more, I think it's more eight, eight or nine. Yeah. Um, but the man's been, the man's come so far. I mean, like to, like alcohol is an, an addiction and you don't necessarily know why they do it, why they keep doing it. But it's like something you just cannot get away from. And my dad's managed to, you know, be, be away from it for a long time. And, oh man, like I gotta, I gotta give it up to him. Like that is an incredible feat. Um, and as a result, like we've got much more of a better connection now. Like I wouldn't say we're, you know, like the normal kind of you know father son relationship. It's very, it's very much acquainted. Like I think now and then we'll go for like a coffee or like breakfast and stuff. Um, or he'd like he'd like come over and then we'd you know do a little bit of a project together. Um, like whether it be like building something or doing a bit of gardening or something, whatever. Right? It's just small little things like that. Um, I think that's that's kind of what the relationship is like now. I, I don't necessarily want more. I don't. I don't necessarily want anything less, but if it naturally grows and evolves, then you know I'm more than happy for it to be like that. I'm, I'm very grateful and very thankful that I do have the relationship that I do now with him, even after all the mm. stuff that that we've been through together. Mm. Yeah, and, and and I'm sure he's going to be incredibly proud of everything you've gone through and and what you've made about you know of yourself. You're a very inspirational person, Himmel, and you know I know that when people start listening to this story, that they're gonna pick out some really strong gems of wisdom. Um, but you're producing more gems of wisdom on YouTube and, and all those other <laughs> all those other media platforms. Where where can people find you? So for the listeners that you guys can find me like himmelpele.com, it's my website. Um, otherwise like I'm on Instagram, I'm on YouTube and yes I am on TikTok. Um, my gosh, I'm, I don't know why it's a bit, I've, I've had something against it before, but you know what? It's like attention span has been like reducing over and over and over again. And TikTok, I suppose it's been an amazing platform. Anyway, that's besides the point. Um, so you, you can find me, just all you gotta do is just search up like Himmel Pile on YouTube, Instagram, um, or even Twitter as well. Um, Facebook as well, I've got my own Facebook page. Like you, you can basically just find me anywhere. LinkedIn as well. Yeah. I'm there. And if you do want to, um, if you do want to reach out and like, you know, have a chat to me, obviously after this whole thing's done or even over Zoom, just um, feel free to, you know, send me a DM and, you know, say like, oh, you want to have a chat? Maybe if it's like after this whole thing and we're allowed to go out, we can go for a cup of coffee, more than happy to um, love coffee. And yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to have a conversation, chat about life. Like all you listeners out there, I've got you back. Whether I know you or not, mental health is a hard thing to go through, but I back your growth, your success, um, you're healing 110% um, from my end. So, so yeah. Matt, I, I don't know anything to top that off, but yeah, <laughs> that is incredible. And um, I'll put your TikTok handle and all those other handles in the show notes below. So, <laughs> Oh, no, not TikTok. <laughs> I'm not sure why I even mentioned that. <laughs> You've dug yourself a hole now. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but no, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and without further ado... That's Sunny signing off. And this is Himmel signing off. Well, 
there it is. We're at the end, and I hope you guys got a lot out of that one. Himmel is such an interesting and you know, compelling and inspirational individual, and I think you know there's so much to unpack in that story, at least. And you know, if you want to get your daily dose of Himmel, find him on Instagram, find him on Facebook, find him on YouTube. His handle is Himmel Pillay, which I'll be putting in the show notes below, along with his TikTok. <laughs> um, but you know, as always, all the info is in the show notes below. If you want to support us as well, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, you know, give us a follow on Spotify and, you know, obviously just reach out to us if you want to see, you know, any other special stories and guests come on board. Um, we really love all the support that we're getting over the last couple of weeks and we've got such an incredible guest coming up next week, Minaz Chowdhury, which I think you guys will absolutely love. Mank will be sitting down in the hot seat with him. You know, there's going to be so much to unpack in that one as well. So until next time. Adios, and, you know, I'll see you guys soon.